コンコートークアロファエビワン、Thank you very much for listening to this program. Konko Talk is a program where people in the Konko face talk about various topics. The thoughts, opinions, and we share on this program may differ from yours, but we hope that you will enjoy and learn something new. Perhaps we'll learn something new that may affect our thoughts, behaviors, and actions for the better. Our different backgrounds, religions, thoughts, and culture provide the diversity t h e s t r e n g t h e n i n g our community. Just like biodiversity is essential for a healthy planet Earth. I am Koichi Konko from the Konko Mission of Honolulu. Joining me are Amy and Enna. How are you doing today? Hi, good. Good. Thank you very much. Yeah, good to be here again. Thank you.、Uh, today's topic I chose life and death. It sounds kind of serious, but、uh, it's going to be interesting. Last of、uh, the Thanksgiving. My son brought back a leaf. So he wrote, the teacher asked the student to write about something you can appreciate, to, thank you to. And he wrote, like, food, parents, a book, and also put death. Oh, death? Thank you to death. And I wonder and ask him why he could, you can say thank you to death. And he said, oh, because.、Uh, Uh, the life's gonna be boring with a death. Oh, that's an interesting、uh, eight years old boy, think that way. And、uh, since then, it kind of、oh, bothered me, you know. Actually, this kind of, you know, we all die. We're living here, that's a fact. And also, we all die for sure. And、uh, what kind of meaning? Death is so very deep. I kind of avoid, I want to avoid, but still, it's going to be a very important topic to discuss. So, if we talk about death, we have to talk about life, too, and that's going to be an interesting topic. Recently,、um, you know, the pandemic, and I kind of noticed that people have a different ideas because、uh, maybe their background,、uh, culture, religion, but also、uh, how many people、uh, they, they lost. Family members and how they lost, and or how healthy they are, how, how old they are. And it may be if people have、uh, family members who have、uh, problems,、uh, illnesses, fragile, they're concerned about COVID and also、uh, vaccine. So, people who have healthy family members,、uh, they're they more like a strong, I could say. They, they kind of they don't afraid of COVID. I realized that.、Um, I have a family member pretty, pretty much healthy. And I, beginning of the pandemic, I didn't care too much about COVID vaccine medicine. But think about if I have a family member who have a lung problem, high blood pressure, preconditioned, and probably I have a different approach to the COVID 19. So、uh, I. Like to hear about your the image of death, or we know what's gonna happen after die. Do you have、uh, any like a near death experience?、Mm, do you want me to go first? <laughs> near death experience.、Mm, no, I don't have a near death experience, but I do have an experience where I might have died.、Um, it was when I had carbon monoxide poisoning. 
uh, I was at the Konko Church of Fuchu in Hiroshima Prefecture for my, I think it was 10 days. Um, we have to, um, be under a mentor for the religious training uh, at the Konko Kyo Gakuin Seminary. So I was assigned to the Fuchu Church in Hiroshima. And one night I was there in my 10 days, the, the next door neighbor was a, um, a cabinet factory and they stored desiccant in a storage shed which was nearby and for some reason um the desiccant it caught fire and the whole uh cabinet factory it's called a mokosho caught on fire it was a huge it even went on the news the next day it was so huge and like a few houses that were nearby they also burned to the ground and a few cars burned too well, the Konko Church of Fuchu was right next door, like really, like almost less than 10 feet away. But for some reason, a uh, big blessing that uh, it, the, the flames were lapping at the church, but the wind direction suddenly changed and um, the, the church was safe. However, that the carbon monoxide was leaking into the church. And I happened to be sleeping. It happened in the middle of the night, so I was sleeping in the bed. Uh, the futon and then i suddenly got really nauseated and i was like throwing up non-stop i didn't know what was going on because i know i didn't eat anything rotten and i just kept throwing up at least two or three times and then i felt kind of delirious like i didn't know what was going on and later was I, I i realized that this is carbon monoxide poisoning and if i stayed sleeping there any longer i probably would have been dead yeah and i had a really bad headache the whole day that day and the very next day too we had a lingering terrible headache so kind of really saved me in the in the future church but yeah so that was probably the closest i did get to death although i do think that there are there may be many other times that i am not even aware of that coming someone had saved me uh who knows yeah but anyways regarding the topic of death um you know i still am not mentally ready to handle death of my <laughs> and my family my loved ones if, if i even think about my parents or my loved ones dying i just i start to get really sad and i think that will never go away no matter how much i try to understand death because you know the people that we love so much is not going to be there anymore you can't talk to them you can't hug them you know you just can't see them anymore so we're gonna miss that and that's gonna be a fact but but how the founder Konko Daijin puts it um it's like when we die our body and soul separate and but the soul will keep on living although our body returns to the ground and when I mean, think about that I, I try to you know understand it and like yeah 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 and I try to stay positive about it but still losing somebody that you really love um, always going to be a sad thing you know not going to be fun something to that i can really be happy about but anyways while we're living i uh we believe that um we have to try to do good right so because we don't know what is beyond death and the founder said if you do good on earth while you're alive then you don't have to worry about death because it's going to be a continuum of your living uh, you're, it's just that your body and soul separate but you know, you do good while you can. 
something that's really important. And also while you're living, only while you're living with this physical form, you have your, you know, your, your, your five senses or your sixth sense too also. You know, your eyes uh, for seeing, your nose for smelling, your taste for tasting, um, your, your, your tongue for tasting, and your, your ears for to hear things, and your hands to feel things, and your heart to, you know, feel spiritual things, you know, feelings, emotions. And I think while we're alive in our physical form, we have to use those six senses to its maximum capacity. I mean, wh while we can, while we're here, don't waste another day. Uh, you know, you have to try to enhance your life as much as you can while you're alive, while you have your ears and eyes and everything intact. Because once you die, you know, you won't have that anymore you'll have the experiences only you'll be left with only the experiences so i think while we still have our eyes and ears and nose and, and taste buds just experience as many many things as you can so when you die you are an enhanced spirit uh, having experienced so many flavors and like sights and feelings and everything so um i think me, at least personally speaking, I think that's really important. Yeah. And uh, while I think about the death topic, I think of how the founder said that, you know, we don't die. It's like, it's like how the moon hides behind a cloud, you know, it's still there. We're, we're still here, but we just can't see them. And so I think about food, you know, like the food we eat. When we eat it, what happens? It becomes our energy, right? So, for example, if you take like a hamburger, uh, which came from like a, a cow, and like the tomatoes and lettuce that were once whole vegetables growing on, from the ground, but we took its life away and made it into a sandwich. But it's still serving its purpose because it's providing energy to us because we're consuming it. And then what happens? We, we digest it, and it comes out the other end. <laughs> but it just it changed in form only but what was once the hamburger is just it changed its form now into like poop but then is that the end of it you know <laughs> it's at the end of the end of the whole sandwich the whole the whole life cycle and i think not because you can take that poop i know it's very like sounds really graphic and gross but you take the poop and you can make it into fertilizer and for fruits fruit trees and vegetables and it's going to become energy once again to the plant. So it's kind of like this whole life cycle around and around and around and around again. And when I think about it, it's like maybe this kind of uh, can be applied to life itself, you know, us, us too. It kind of depends how you're buried. I mean, <laughs> if you're kept in an urn, then I don't know how purposeful you will become. So I like the idea of you know, scattering my ashes all over the garden or like burying me, I don't know, six, seven feet deep into the, the ground and then I can become soil again. And so I can become repurposed, you know, for some kind of life again, even if it's like the life of worms. If they can eat me, then it's going to be their energy and they're going to help um, give nutrition to the plants also. So it's going to be the whole life cycle all over again. That's how I think of it. So it's like we don't disappear. We just change in form energy because energy is not created nor destroyed so it can be stored 
but it just doesn't disappear. So the same thing applies to human beings. We are basically made up of atoms only, right? Atoms. So we are energy. We are just pure energy that's in the shape form of me. So when we die, you know, the atoms, they, they don't disappear. They're there, but it's just changed form. So if you think of it like that, then it's like, yeah, you're not really gone. You're there, but in a different form, you know, just like a pot of water. If you boil it, um, the water will be gone, but it's like, where did it go? It didn't go to like heaven or hell or anything. It just mixed in with the air that we breathe. So it just changed form. It's there somewhere. We can't see it. Same thing I think happens to us. Uh, we don't see them anymore, but they're there. And I just hope our consciousness is still there. <laughs> We're just trying to help out our, 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 our loved ones. Um, even if we die, that our soul keeps on living and we can always protect and guide our, our loved ones that are still. That's what I want to share. The end for me. <laughs> for now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a really um, that's a pretty easy uh, easy to understand way of explaining the Konkokyo belief in in what happens to us after we die. It, it's very that's exact. I feel like that's exactly what happens. It's it's we're not gone. Our form just changes. Our physical makeup changes. Um, that boiling water analogy is perfect. Um, we're not we're no longer a physical physical being. We dissipate into into the atmosphere and we're still there um, I, I very much believe that uh, when a person dies um, they leave their physical form and yes we're not able to see them in the physical form anymore but they are definitely still present um, in in the universe in the atmosphere per se because uh, you can definitely still feel feel their presence and and though you may not be able to uh, see their their physical form in front of you, talking to you, uh, communicating in the way in in the way that you're used to when they were still physically here, uh, there's still communication that goes that that happens. I think with the spirit, with the soul of the person, for sure. And it's it's kind of it, it kind of gets emotional for me because it's like you know I have experienced. I don't I don't I no longer have my my father. And it's been 30 years now, um, and you know. So when when Edna Sensei was saying um, that she gets very sad when she, you know, when you think about possibly losing a loved one, um, I think you're very lucky to to still be in that position. But death is, as Michiel said, very much a part of life, and it's something that inevitably happens to everyone. Um, but also at the same time, the energy of the person does not leave we're still all in this same universe and I think I'm very grateful to have uh, to, to have been raised in Konkokyo so that I have this understanding and this faith that we don't completely lose the person when they when they die there's still a connection with them and we can still communicate with them maybe not in the way that we want to that we that we desire to um, like when they were still physically here but we can still communicate with them in a non-physical way. They're very much around. And every once in a while too, like somebody, it depends on the person, but I think every once in a while there are definitely times when um, we get reminders in the physical world that they are still around. 
and that brings comfort to people a lot of times. It scares the living daylights out of me, but <laughs> it is still. Um, near myself, near death experience. I, I don't, I don't know if I can say I've had near death experience except for when I was in uh, fourth grade and I had appendicitis. Um, I came home from school and I was telling my dad that I my stomach hurt and I didn't feel good. And so he just told me, yeah, you know, go lay down and you'll be fine. Hours passed and I was still in pain and I was I was sore. I kept complaining to him. And finally, he at that night, um, he I guess he kind of realized, well, maybe it is something serious. So they finally took me to the emergency room and the doctor had told them that had they waited another hour, my appendix would have burst and I would have probably not made it. Um, so yeah, there was, I feel like there was divine intervention somewhere along the, <laughs> along the way. Um, that's probably the closest thing to death that I myself remember. Um, I think, I think my, my oldest brother Roy, uh, tells me of a, of a time when I, I think I was just a toddler. Maybe I was still baby with me. I was in the stroller. He was pushing me in the stroller and I, for whatever reason, I fell face first out of the stroller onto the onto the asphalt and I still have a scar um, under my eyebrow uh, from it but it's I, I apparently turned purple yeah I apparently turned blue and purple I don't know, oh like my that. goodness and he panicked because he thought he had killed himself <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah those are the only two times that I, I remember well not, not remember but I, I think I really experienced near death yeah you know when you're reading about um, like you get reminders from like the the people who passed away like what like what kinds of reminders did you get you know it's the it's like the little subtle things like um i don't, I don't know like uh i actually can't remember an example a solid example right now but it's just um you know i i feel like things that happen to me if you really think about maybe it's just coincidence but if you, i mean if if i think about how i ended up living here at the Honolulu Church, um, I I feel somehow my mitama probably worked for me. Um, how I ended up um, studying at Kyushu University for a year um, on scholarship um, in Japan for a year and had no intention of, of doing that. If if I could have mapped out my own life, I I never would have had that opportunity. Also, working at Konkogakuen for three years. Um, all of that kind of stuff it, it's it's not anything that i would have chosen for myself but i definitely think that that was my mitama working for me and kind of guiding me to wow. where i am today, uh, and stuff. yeah you know sometimes when when it's a memorial day of like a church member or like a family distant family member like a big moth a big black moth just randomly comes into the house it's like, why is there like a like a stealth bomber type <laughs> so big? It's like the size of my palm, just sticking on the wall. And we're like, uh oh, it's somebody's memorial day. And then we look in the record, yeah, somebody had passed away on that day. Or when I'm out in the garden too, I always see this monarch butterfly. And it reminds me of my friend's mother who passed away uh, a couple years ago, just suddenly. And uh, every time it it comes really near me, yeah, and then I, I call her name, and she like stand like like uh, perches on a um, a flower and just stays there and really close. And I talk to her, I see her, 
I see her children's names, her husband's name, and it's like the butterfly just listening carefully. And it just stays there for a really long time. It happens almost every time I go out into the garden. I'm like, oh, you're here again today. How are you? And then I talk to the butterfly. Uh, always reminds me of mother. Yeah, that's really nice. Sometimes you see them in your in your dreams, yeah? People who have passed away. Yeah. And you can see them in your dreams or get reminders from them. From them through like butterflies or moths. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's kind of a, the Mitama's way of, of of reminding us that they're still around. Because um, without that, then I think humans tend to forget so quickly. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, you know, if they don't give us those kinds of signs, I think we tend to, to forget that they're still around. Think of people who pass away support our life, also concept of death, our own death also uh, supporting your life you think about death you that affect your life i think for example the president the biden lost the, the family members right and uh, oh yeah yeah daughter yeah. and uh, also son and uh, sometimes i think oh, because those experience because those experience so he has a, a kind of strict uh, policy for the pandemic like a vaccine or stuff because they don't want to see people dying from that could avoid that i thought you know i read the doctors or uh, the poem who kind of dying he got the cancer and he doesn't have too much to live don't have any um, i don't know like a month something and he he realized how the world is beautiful the scenery and everything he he wonder why they don't the people don't appreciate those uh, beauty. Also, uh, uh, we take it granted that everything uh, we enjoy or benefit from a- 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 anything we benefit from. Why we don't? Why we don't notice that? Now I'm kind of ending my life, and I so happy that I see those uh, you know could blessings. And because uh, he expecting death, so he could be more sensitive, I could say, or can see open spiritual eyes, and so that he could see that he kind of ignored before maybe. And he sorry that the most healthy people didn't understand or, or ignore those uh, blessings. So interesting, the death is when think about death and other like a bucket list too. You know, uh, if you have a life and uh, there's no limit, probably you don't need to have a bucket list. But uh, you have a life and it's limited. And we talk about sometimes the bucket list. We want to do this and that while living. And sometimes that make us happy. The quality of life. If you doesn't matter how long we're short, but we can let's go to make the life more meaningful because of that. Right. It's like it's like in a sense they were saying about appreciating what you have now. That's the trick to it, right? That's um, yeah. We, we we tend to take things for granted because we think we're gonna have this life or we're gonna be in this situation forever, and it's just not true. And people tend to forget that. And yeah, and take things for granted and not not take advantage of the fact that you can that you are physically still here. So it's your chance to to let other people know, let let your loved ones know that you're still here and that you support them physically and even if your physical form make enough memories for them so that when your physical form is no longer here on earth with them, they can still remember you and still have those memories with them. That's that's something I struggle with every day actually, is to remember that I'm still alive. I'm not, you know, I'm not dead. 
and so I need to make those connections with people and make make sure that my loved ones know that I love them and are here for them and will be here for them even after I become a Mitama myself. Yeah. I think about like um, like some of the church members. I don't remember every single thing that they used to do, but I do remember the really considerate things that they used to do, and you know things that times when they taught me things, or especially their um, the food that they used to make. You know, food really brings us close to to their spirit. Like when we eat the food that they used to make, and it really brings back the memories. Yeah. Like uh, one of our church members, Mrs. Hirota, she used to make the best potato mac salad, and <laughs> used to make it for our church godaisai, our, our our grand services, and even for my graduation from high school, she made a big bowl of it for for us to enjoy, and I and that kind of consideration I really remember from her, and like every time it would rain super hard or there's like a really bad storm outside, she would call the church. And because this church is really old, um, she would ask if the church is okay or like if the basement flooded or anything, and she would be um, really sincerely concerned for us and for the church. Remember that, Mrs. Hirota. Yeah, when you think about, I mean, if you can go back and think about all the mitama from the church, it, from each individual church, you probably can put together a pretty good image of each of the church's history. Um, and like you're saying with the food thing, like definitely, I remember like Mrs. Miyamoto's desserts, um, and which is funny because John just recently, my brother John, just recently made a dessert for the last time I was for some church service, and it reminded me of the dessert that that Mrs. Miyamoto used to make. Oh my God, like it, she used to make these like shortbread cookie crusts with like the fruit gelatin fruit thing and and cream, and it, it was just to die for. <laughs> it's you know stuff like that it's like and and like um yeah recipes i i constantly tell like i constantly constantly tell my friends to you know write down or try and get the recipes of things that you enjoy now from like your parents or whatever and write them down for your kids because it's gonna be gone like we we us kids always regret no one like really writing down what my dad my dad's recipe for like his kimchi rice thing like we all remember eating it but nobody can replicate it and that recipe is gone forever you know so that's it's stuff like while they're still alive while people are still alive and in this physical form get everything that you can mm -hmm. yeah it, that that reminds me of uh, an episode i watched on nhk world japan um there was a chef who used to work at a restaurant but she wasn't finding fulfillment so she started her own business of recreating recipes like lost recipes and then just by just listening to like the client's information like oh it tasted like this saltiness it had this kind of sweetness to it it had a little bit of this and and gathering all that verbal information she's able to recreate like the exact same flavors of like their deceased loved ones and it just brings them to tears because she's able to recreate it like exactly that episode it touched me <laughs> that's probably like it probably felt like bringing that person back to life mm -hmm. yeah to do that and also smells you know smells yeah. uh and and music like the music they used to listen to yeah all those little things that it reminds you of them again. how about koichi sensei yes <laughs> what do you think about this topic um yeah um 
good question. <laughs> you know, um, when I was a, was a child, um, I scared um death, uh, very scary somehow. And uh, I think the um start to practice faith and that kind of helped me to. I'm still scared, but uh, also uh, I can accept. When my brother、uh, got illness and the doctor said, you know, he could die pretty soon, you know, that was a big impact on me. And my、uh, my grandfather's death and、uh, my father's、uh, death—it's kind of different. How close you are and how 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 old they are—that that's why I think death is important. Death supports our life.、And、recently, I listened to the、uh, podcast and one with the the host. Said that he doesn't. He's not a religious person, but he lost his grandfather over the sudden, and he thought that like a service is kind of almost a bullshit. <laughs> he doesn't need any services in the funeral. You don't need, you know, something like that. He thought, but、uh, he attended his grandfather's funeral and realized that's so important for、uh, the the bereaved family that the, those steps and the procedures they help them to. Accept the death and、uh, move forward. So he realized the funeral is so important, both for、uh, the deceased, but also family members. That's、uh, interesting to me. That、uh, because he was, he thought he doesn't need any funeral at all. But he went and he he wasn't accepted his grandfather's death because of sudden death, and、uh, I think he confused sad. For those process taking service, everybody wore the, the funeral clothes and、uh, talk about the memories. Those、uh, is very important. Also,、uh, I remember the same person said that when he went to the U.S., he's Japanese, and he went to the U.S. for the meeting or something for business, and he said it was pretty boring. So he friend went to the camping. It was like October. Uh, November and he never gone to the camping first time the U.S. and three hours from the Silicon Valley and he didn't know how cold it be he didn't have enough clothes and because、uh, the daytime is pretty warm but morning time early morning and nighttime so cold he thought I'm gonna die so cold my hands my legs. He thought that's a near death experience for him, and oh, I'm gonna die. So I can't do this.、So、he woke up and they get up and they walking around, running around, make a fire, and finally the sun sunrise, the sky getting light, and he felt warm from the sun, and that make him happy. To he was able to realize how sun supported his life for the moment that he was almost a die. He thought from the coldness, and because the sunlight just came out, was so. Warm, and he realized how important the sun is. Also, he understood why the many Asian people worship the sun. He, he thought he wants to offer something to the sun because he received the, the blessing from the sun, the light, and the warmth. He he thought、uh, he 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 cannot、uh, ignore this you know, blessing, something like that. So he、uh, he experienced near death experience, but also life and the sun, the blessing. Something beyond my understanding. So that's uh, his uh, experience, and he shared that. So I have a similar experience that when we went to the Haleakala, you know,、uh, you can feel the warmth of the sun. But I never, you know, didn't have any further, I further opinions at that moment.、Uh, 
but he felt almost died, and he realized the the, the sun's blessing, the blessing from the the sun or warmth, and he was able to realize even go to the farther to the understanding with the Asian people worship the sun. That's very interesting. We can you know when think about death and getting life, we can realize the true blessing reality that uh, life can be changed. <laughs> so what do you think about death? Oh yeah, but because of the love of the sudden, that's it. what kind of power around the topic I have a two of you. What the reaction to North Korea, a ballistic, ballistic, ballistic missile threat, the false alarm. <laughs> I was in, I was in Portland actually at that time. Isn't that weird? Me and my mom were at Portland for the Missionary Woman Society seminar. And, and my brother, Rodney Sensei, and his wife, Fong, were in Hawaii at that time. So they were freaking out, I heard. And, you know, they were going, almost going to go to the basement. They were changing their clothes from like polyester clothing to like cotton clothing, thinking about, you know, like what if it's like a nuclear bomb? Then, then if your clothes melt to your body, then it's going to be, you know, they were thinking about all kinds of things when they got that alert. They were freaking out. It was actually a friend's wedding too on that day. And that's why they flew over to Hawaii. <laughs> but anyways, when I, I got that message from my friend Todd Sensei, and I was freaking out because we were having a discussion about faith during that time with all the other um, missionary women. And after like a pause, I had to kind of interrupt and say, um, I'm sorry to bother you guys, but Hawaii is under a ballistic missile threat. And everyone was like, what? What? And we we're panicking for a moment. And I was really worried too. I was worried for my brother and my sister-in-law and my dad who were in Hawaii. Um, but really, thankfully, right after that, uh, we discovered that it was a false alarm. So, Anthony, I really, really was worried if that was true. Mm-hmm. That's so, that's so your brother, I think. The, was it your Boy Scout? Was it your Boy Scout? Um, the, oldest, the oldest one was a boy scout but not Rodney. okay for some reason i'm thinking that's that's so that's so boy scout of him to think about what he's wearing that was like the furthest thing from my mind i wasn't even thinking about that i remember i was on my morning walk and i was headed up the hill uh what is that st louis heights um road and I was about to turn into UH campus. And that's when I lived like right by UH campus. And um, I was I was on my walk and, and my friend Susan texted me and was like, did you get that text? Did you get that warning? And I was like, yeah, I just saw it. And I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like where, what am I supposed to do? Oh, well, I guess I'm dying today. Like, uh-huh. I mean, and even if I made it home, I, I, I walked as fast as I could back home. But I was thinking, you know, even if I make it home in time, that house that I was in was really bottles. Like, really, the, it, there was no point in me hiding from any <laughs> windows. <or whatever. laughs> Where am I going to hide in this house? If, if a missile hits us, I, that's it. That's I'm done. And um, I just thought, okay, well, if a missile is going to hit us, please let it be that we all go really fast. Honestly, is what I was thinking. I, I just wanted I wanted there to be as little pain as possible for everyone. Um, I didn't want it to be where where there was going to be lasting pain. Like it, it didn't finish us off completely. It was just um, where it just hurt us just enough to be out of a house and home and and 
be stranded in the middle of nowhere without any without any help or anything like that. Um, I just really wanted it to. If it, it was to be that way, then that's I want it to be done quickly, and I want everyone that I love not to suffer um, or to suffer as little as possible. At that point, I like it wasn't like my life flashed before my eyes or anything like that. I just kind of. There was a whole lot of regrets. I, oh yeah, I didn't do a whole lot with my life. And not that it made me want to do more with my life afterwards, to be honest. That's, you know, but um, yeah, I, I was kind of a little bit surprised that, that my reaction was kind of, well, that's it then. There's no hiding from a missile. Like, what am I going to do? Kind of, I just assumed that if a, if a ballistic missile was hitting, then it would hit and cause mass destruction uh-huh. like it would just wipe everything out yeah yeah it's not, nothing for me to do mm-hmm. and then what was it seven, how many minutes later seven i forget how many 20, like whatever, oh, okay. so yeah, whatever minutes later it was oh yeah just kidding <laughs> all solar that's the wrong button <laughs> and it was just like kind of surreal mm-hmm. yeah it should have it should have triggered me to want to make more of my life and want to actually have live a life without regrets but to be honest it didn't um maybe it changed my view a little bit uh but i yeah i guess yes i am it didn't drastically <laughs> unfortunate no it's so interesting to hear everybody's story their, their rendition of this, <laughs> this event yeah. that happened that unfolded yeah. how about quickie sensei what were you doing my first reaction was where in Hawaii? It is Big Island, Oahu, or if Oahu, maybe no, you know, a less possibility to survive. Maybe like Hawaii Island. Sorry for the people living in Hawaii Island, but maybe for us, maybe not too bad. I don't know how big the missile, but we can't do nothing anyway. So I, I was surprisingly, I was able to stay calm. I was um, I was glad that my wife and uh, my son was in Portland, like a innocent with innocent. So at least uh, I might die, but they're okay. That's my uh, I think second uh, thought. But it was a uh, kind of a life-threatening event for everybody in Hawaii. It was interesting. After like next day, we talk about that. You know, it's a false a lot and. It, make me think that what's important for me like family or job work it's so last minute thing you know hawaii is an island so if it would happen to the mainland probably they draw they want to run away from where the state maybe the city but hawaii we cannot do nothing we wouldn't able to do anything so that we have to stay and just think quickly what should i do and just pray that this can be, you know, there's no benefit from the North Korea. So I was kind of pessimistic and also there's no place to hide anyway. I can do nothing. But I think that's why I was kind of calm and interesting, the reaction I thought about it. I, I look at the street and most people are walking just as usual, you know, nobody running around. Uh, I never heard anything, screaming, nothing. And uh, people around me were pretty calm. They talked to me, oh yeah, just calm. You can do nothing anyway. But it was very interesting experience. I think it, uh, it's shock for the people, my family in Japan probably, when they heard, they found out that. So interesting that death is not only myself. If I die, that's my death. But also family members, uh, people around me, is big impact. 
for them. So how we live, how to not die is not only for myself, I guess, but eventually that for big impact for the family members. Yeah, that's interesting that no one around this area, I, I can kind of actually see that though, but that no one in this area was panicking. That I can see all the, the, the old lady, the grandmas and grandpas that they're not. <laughs> didn't even know what was going on. Yeah. Um, like it, I was I remember the students were all running in one direction oh. and I was walking in the opposite direction because I'm trying to get home. But there I think they were trying to run for like a, a shelter. I think they have like bunkers or something or designated areas where there's they were running. They were all running from the dorm rooms <clears throat> in the opposite direction and I'm trying to go against against the flow of everybody else. They're all there were some that were running, there were some that were walking. Some were kind of panicked, not really, yeah. And I'm thinking, they were all looking at me like, where, where, you're going in the wrong direction, like, where are you going? <laughs> I think I'm the same, like, I, I didn't really worry. It, for me, it was, if they had any kind of aim, whoever shot the missile, if they had any kind of aim, it would, they were probably aiming for Oahu. And so, if it's Oahu, then it's just me, for my family anyway. It's just me. Probably everybody on Maui is safe. I didn't even call them, which is interesting enough. I didn't even call my family. <laughs> I called my friends that were here on Oahu. I was like, hey, I didn't call them. Even afterwards, I didn't call to check on them at all. Aww. Not that I'm proud of that or anything. But like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Hmm. Yeah, I come to think of it, I didn't call my, my dad in Hawaii either or my brother who were, who were in Oahu. I didn't. I just kept texting Tosh and saying, <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I heard I heard that um, if we know of our imminent death, then we will know immediately what's important in life. Mm. So if we cut if we cut our life short, we know when we're gonna die, then we know what's important. So like if you know, if you only have like a few hours to live you'll know like oh what, what's the most important um, you like that, to what i like to know ah, oh yes a hard question because you know people who are given a prognosis or like oh you only have like three months more to live i don't know would you like that i mean maybe you can prepare for your death but then if you die suddenly you won't even have to worry you don't even know that you died you don't even have to worry but the people that are alive will be like shocked <laughs> I really yeah. don't know. Right. But yeah. if I had a choice, I would say I would like to just die suddenly and not even realize that I died. Mm. <laughs> That's a fond that I pray for. Yeah. Yeah, I would think for the person, for myself, if I'm dying suddenly and not knowing, that would be great for myself. Mm. But for the people around me, maybe not so much. Like if I'm thinking of, you know, a family member or some a loved one that would die suddenly, maybe they didn't suffer. But I'm left with the feeling of, shoot, you just left. Like, I, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye or yeah. there was no closure or anything like that. I think that's kind of tough. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you have time to prepare, like, you know exactly when you're going to die. Mm -hmm. For myself, knowing myself, I probably, I don't know if I could 
say confidently that I would make the most of the remainder of my days. Ideally, that's what it would be. I don't know if I would, but I might spend a good part of it being depressed that I'm going to die. Right, right? Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm going to waste that time. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Coach Sensei? I think most of the us, my age in Japan, my male who read Hokuto no Ken. Do you know Hokuto no Ken? The manga, the North Seven Stars? Oh, no, I don't know. Is that an anime or something? Yeah, it's an animated uh, manga too. It's uh, very popular, very violent. The one of the, the popular character called Rao. Oh. Rao and the main character Kenshiro are uh, rival and they fought and the Kenshiro won so that Rao died. But before die, he said, Waga shogai ikpen no kui nash and die. That's everybody, oh, that's so cool, you know, how to die. Waga shogai, so my life, there's no regret. He said that and uh, punch to the air, the sky, and died. That's I I like it. You know, everybody, it was like 10 years old, yeah, at the time. And everybody said, that, that's so cool. And then when I die, I say that. I want to say that. Well, I definitely want to want to be living a, a grateful life every day and uh, be thankful every single day. So, like, whenever you die, I die, whenever that is, if it's suddenly or what, I will still be in a state of gratitude. Yeah, that's the kind of state I want to die in. To have lived, no matter how short or long the life may be, to have been born, to have lived, to have met many amazing people, to have experienced so many things with my six senses, I want to be grateful for this day. Do you think you're gonna think about your pet? Or if I die, who take care of my pet? <laughs> I'll probably eat at my flesh or something. <laughs> Threw away at my eyeball or something, <laughs> or my cat. She wouldn't even care. They're like, oh, Edna's dead. I'm just gonna walk all over her. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would worry about the pet being okay. I can see if it was my child. Yeah, I would probably worry if they would be okay. I want to talk about like. Oh, go ahead. Like, uh, you know, you said you, um, I think Koichi Sensei, you mentioned memorial services, right? And in Konko Kyo, um, you know, we have traditionally like um, many, many memorial services, you know? Like, right after, as soon as they die, there's a memorial service. Like, 10 days later, there's another memorial service. Of course, there's a funeral too, and then there's a burial service, and there's so many services. And like, after one year, there's a service, after three years, after 10 years, and some people who are not really connected to the person who passed away may think, oh, that's so excessive, you know? It's like, why do we need to do this? It's so cumbersome. But actually to the family, to the, to the immediate families, this is a really good um, moving process, I guess. I think it's really important for them to have these memorial services. And it's going to make the grieving process a little bit more tolerable, I think. Because I heard that gr the grieving process it comes in waves, you know? It comes in waves. So by the time you're you're okay again, you're gonna start grieving again and then to have another memorial service, it's gonna be a, a good way to heal the heart that's still aching, yeah? So um, I, I do appreciate these memorial services and then, and in doing so, you can think about the person again and keeping, and you can, and then thinking about the person who passed away, 
we can keep their spirit alive and connected to us. We connect again. Yeah, definitely. I think that that whole point of the memorial services, funerals, and things like that being more about the people who are left behind, um, giving them a chance to to grieve properly and to cope with what has happened with their loss. Um, we were just talking at work, interestingly, interestingly enough, um, about um, it, this is not Kyo, but it's it's Bukyo. Um, one of my coworkers had to go back to Japan um, for her grandfather's, uh, I don't know if it was funeral or memorial service or something. Um, and they were on the subject of why why Buddhists do the nembutsu and okyo and all that kind of stuff. Um, what was what was the meaning behind that? Because it's not Japanese. It's not the I guess the words that they recite are not Japanese. So nobody really knows the meaning. They were saying they're and they're they're younger girls and they're like, yeah, and you know, they were saying like, oh, we don't even know what we're saying and why are we saying it and nobody understands what it means. And somebody looked it up and Google according to Google, it's you it's to bring peace to the person that is saying the name the chant that's chanting these things. It's not it doesn't have any real and I don't know if it's true or not, but it doesn't really have meaning per se other than to the, the the purpose of it is to bring comfort to the people chanting it and so thereby giving them a chance to i guess grieve and heal their hearts during that process so a lot of time so i think very much so in in the same way are many opportunities to to send that become that person's soul off into the universe correctly uh gives us a chance the living a chance to say our goodbyes and to say our peace and to give our hearts a chance to heal from the loss just a little bit yeah, yeah. grief really does it's different for every person and it really does come in waves one day you think you're okay and then the next 30 years later you're still crying over your dead father like it does come in waves. are you scared yeah am i scared of death not really because when i die i wouldn't even know that i died so not really scared of death but I, but in the process of my death, I am just worried that I don't hurt other people in the process. You know, like like car accidents or something. It's like mm-hmm. I die too, and then I killed somebody else. Like I would be really worried about that. Like, of course, I don't worry because you know putting your worries out into the universe and it's going to happen, right? So, but I, I just hope that when I die, I don't take somebody else with me accidentally. Yeah. So. That's it. Me dying, I just return to the ground. I just go back into the universe. I'm not really scared of death. Yeah, I don't know if I fear death. Mm, I think maybe, yeah, not. I don't think I fear death itself. I think I fear maybe uh, dying with regrets, dying, dying without purpose. Yeah, I guess would be accurate. And like dying with pain. That's kind of what I also like. I don't want to die in pain, like a lot of pain. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I, I do see patients in there in a lot of pain and just want to try to relieve their pain as much as possible, especially in their end of life. So, yeah, pain is just so, yeah, you can't handle pain. Yeah. You can't be grateful when you're in pain. It's hard to be grateful. Yeah. So, I just hope that pain. I have only one time I was there the moment someone passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was with family members and uh, she was on the hospice care 
of the civil hospice care, I was requested to be with them and we kind of, you know, we have to wait. Doctor expected maybe pretty soon the person will go. So we expected, we, we stay, we pray and sang song that uh, the person used to sing. And the gradual, gradually the breathing is weaker and weaker and the end there's no breathing. Family member asked me, gone? I, I don't know, but probably and call uh, the nurse or doctor and officially the person died. It was a very calm, peaceful death and I think it was pretty nice. But my father probably, um, he had pain because uh, he took a uh, uh, the painkiller a couple hours before he died he, he rolled down he took painkiller so that's why uh we know i mean i i can i expected that he because he couldn't tolerate the pain anymore he was so skinny maybe that's why he died and i was in hawaii and my brother the younger brother youngest brother was a the one kind of main person between like a doctor, nurse, and the motri, you know, he was pretty busy. And my sister was there, and my auntie too. And my sister said she was shocked when she saw my father's face because it looked so painful. But my auntie said very peaceful face. And I asked my youngest brother, he said he didn't remember. And I, I was very confused what's the you know, real, but because uh, for my sister, it's very, very shocking moment. And I heard the other sensei too, that when he sensed his father passed away, very painful face he had, very uh, scary to see, but uh, he wasn't able to get over that. But since practicing face and he, he started to think that, that there's a meaning because he wants to save, his father wants to save many people as possible. So he concluded that his father accepted so many people the pain altogether to save those people, something like that. He, he decided to accept that way. And think about my father, I, I wasn't there, so I cannot imagine, but still, you know, he had a pain probably. That's why he took painkiller, how he died. I mean, when think about it, kind of sad, kind of overwhelming. So how I live is now very important. So if I can make him happy or not, depend on my life, how I, what kind of, life or goyo for the church I do so that's very important experience for life I mean, our family but I think we the time to end yeah it's time to end thank you very much for joining me thank you for sharing a lot of stories I hope people listen to this enjoy or learn something Thank you very much, but thank you again, Edna Sensei and Amy. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, we can see you next time. Thank you very much. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.